Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Thursday morning. New Year's now two days away. Still thousands of passengers stranded from Christmas. It's not quite the holiday week many Americans were hoping for. It's December 29th. This is today. Running out of options. The nightmare journey home for stranded Southwest passengers not over yet, with the airline still canceling flights by the thousands. Families enduring endless lines just for the chance to rebook. Things were really out of control. In some cases, desperate travelers even facing trouble with the police. Other airlines now stepping in to bring some relief. We have it all covered. COVID checkpoint. A growing surge and concerns of a new variant spark a new rule set to go into effect for anyone entering the country from China. We'll break down everything you need to know as cases are on the rise once again in the U.S. Thawing out. Roads finally reopening in Buffalo almost a week after that deadly blizzard brought life in western New York to a standstill. And it comes just in time with resources there running low. This morning, some relief from the cold, too, with temperatures getting milder for much of the country. But out west, a new storm has 15 million Americans under flood watches. Dylan's keeping a close watch. All eyes on the Vatican. Prayers from around the world pouring in for ex-Pope Benedict. The 95-year-old very sick, according to Pope Francis, after a visit. We're there with a live report. Those stories plus reality bites. How big tech companies went all in on the metaverse, spending billions. But so far, consumers, not so much. This morning, why experts say the virtual trend could still catch on. And out of this world, from the moon to Mars, we'll take a look at the space race of 2023 and how the upcoming missions will impact us all down here on Earth. Today, Thursday, December 29, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning and welcome to today. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday morning. Savannah and Hoda are off for the holiday. And Peter, we are so close to New Year's Eve and it is starting to warm up a little bit. Yeah, the countdown's beginning and the temperatures are going to hover close to the 50s in New we'll York take today. It. A big change from just a few days ago. Yeah. The latest on all of it in a moment. As you've seen this week, we've really been marinating in the mess mm-hmm. this week. The frustrating news about travel. So first things first, we want to point out a little bit of the good news this morning. Here was a live look from Buffalo where the roads reopened overnight nearly a week after that monster blizzard dumped a foot after another foot of snow. Welcome site for residents. They are virtually trapped for the last few days. Absolutely. And this is a look at 
the price of gas this morning. Check it out at a station in South Florida, 3.09 a gallon. The national average, 3.16 a gallon, actually down from a year ago. Of course, the average hitting as high as $5 a gallon back in the early summer. And it comes amid predictions that Americans will pay a lot less at the pump next year than they did in 2022. So we acknowledge that's the good news, but there is some tough news still for those passengers trying to fly. It is a familiar story this morning. Thousands of Southwest Airlines flights still canceled. Hundreds of delays reported again today. This morning, other airlines stepping up to help stranded flyers scrambling for a plan B. NBC's Blaine Alexander starts us off this morning with new details. Blaine, good morning to you. Well, Kristen, good morning to you. As this travel nightmare is now stretching well into the week, the frustration is going beyond the flights. Many of the passengers have already made it home, but only after incurring hundreds, even thousands of dollars of unplanned expenses. Now, Southwest is now allowing them to submit their receipts online for reimbursement. As yet, another airline executive is speaking out. This morning, it's the familiar picture of an unparalleled holiday travel meltdown. Waited in line two hours for the gate agent to get rebooked on another flight. As Southwest Airlines continues to cancel flights by the thousands, slashing nearly two-thirds of its schedule, more airline executives are apologizing and offering some relief to frustrated travelers. If you're still waiting on a bag, you can submit information on how to receive that bag at no cost to you. You can submit a full refund request for any canceled flights, And if you have any travel expenses due to the disruption, you can submit those receipts directly on our website. It comes as other major airlines are taking steps to help. Delta, American and United have all announced they will cap airfare in select cities to help stranded Southwest passengers forced to shell out big bucks to book on other carriers. This was like our first experience to where things were really out of control. Mary Nye and her family were stranded in Kansas City when Southwest canceled their flight. So they rented a car, drove to Colorado, then bought six plane tickets on a different airline just to get to San Diego. All told, nearly $3,000 in unplanned expenses. I'd like to be reimbursed for all of the extras that we had to pay for, but, um, you know, uh, that's out of my control. A different frustration for passengers in Nashville after this video of an officer telling passengers who no longer have tickets after their flights were canceled that they can be arrested for trespassing. If you don't have a valid ticket and you're on the secured side or refuse to leave, you will be arrested. In a statement, Nashville Airport said they are working to provide the best passenger experience for all amid winter weather delays and that Southwest Airlines personnel requested a police officer to escort passengers to the pre-security ticketing counters. For the thousands of stranded passengers across the country, experts say it's important to know what you're entitled to. The number one thing is that you have a right to get a refund of any ticket where the airline cancels it regardless of their reason. But when it comes to reimbursements, there's not always a guarantee. You may have to go ahead and expend the money and then hope that the airline will honor it as reasonable. And guys, in the midst of all of this frustration we've been watching all week, I want to show you a happy ending that actually played out live on NBC yesterday. Take a look at this. Our own Shamari uh, Shamari Stone was actually reporting live at an airport when he met a gentleman who had seen one of his earlier reports and recognized his bag, believe it or not, in the background of Shamari's report. He drove to the airport, claimed it live on NBC News Daily, and uh, he thought that it was in a whole different state. So he was actually stunned to see his bag. Certainly shows the power of life. 
live TV, but glad to see with all of those people separated from their luggage that at least one person was able to find a, p- a piece of luggage, guys. Oh, it was such a great moment, Blaine, and we're all holding on to those positive moments right now. I do want to shift gears a bit, though, and ask you about some other news. We also want to note there's another piece of major travel development this morning, an upcoming COVID policy change at U.S. airports. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, this was an announcement that came out from the CDC saying that starting on January 5th, they're going to require all passengers traveling into the U.S. from China and Hong Kong to either submit a negative COVID test or a proof of recovery from COVID. Uh, they say that it's in order to try and help curb the spread of, uh, of COVID cases, of course, here in the U.S. And they point to a lack of transparency from the Chinese government when it comes to reporting the number of cases over there in China. Kristen. All right. Blaine Alexander covering all of the angles for us. Blaine, thank you. Now to Buffalo, where the roads have finally reopened this morning, nearly a week after that deadly blizzard dumped feet of snow on western New York. But as the death toll keeps climbing, there are renewed questions about the officials there, their response to the historic storm. NBC's Jesse Kirsch has been watching the story for us. He's on the ground in Buffalo again today. Jesse, good morning. Peter, good morning. You can see we've still got these massive piles of snow pushed to the side of roadways. It's been nearly six full days since the blizzard began. And for the first time since that storm started, people are able to do this. You're getting a live look right now at one of the neighborhoods in this city. You can see the road is reopened, but clearly conditions are far from perfect. And there are questions about why it has taken this long to get the roads reopened. That's leading to finger pointing as the death toll rises. This morning, some relief for residents of Buffalo. The National Guard going door to door for wellness checks and overnight the city's travel ban finally expiring. All this amid concerns food and medication could be running low. Being able to lift the travel ban safely now will allow people to do those important things. The announcement coming late Wednesday after Erie County's executive called the city's response embarrassing. Mayor's not going to be happy to hear about it, but storm after storm after storm after storm, the city, unfortunately, is the last one to be opened, and that shouldn't be the case. I'll say that my full focus today, as it has been during the duration of the storm, has been uh, to serve the needs of the residents of the city of Buffalo and get our city back open. Leaders were pressed on whether the travel bans should have been issued earlier, as Western New York's death toll rises to nearly 40. The grim reality is that we know we're going to find more bodies when the snow starts to melt. But already the losses are staggering. Erie County says 17 people killed were found outside. Casey Macaron says a stranger discovered her 52-year-old mother, Monique Alexander, lying dead in the snow Christmas Eve. He put her under an awning so that she wouldn't be buried under snow. And you can just tell when we spoke on video chat how sorry he was. He was crying. We were crying together. Amid the heartbreak, some stories of hope from the city of good neighbors. One woman says she and her boyfriend rescued a man from the cold before turning to social media for help getting him to a hospital. Then there's this barbershop owner who says his business became a refuge for many escaping the brutal storm, though some would leave, taking their chances in the blizzard. I had an opportunity to help people. I genuinely would do it again. I just did it so people could be warm. It's an incredible story, just one of the stories that are so inspiring that we've heard from this community. That business owner tells me he was also giving out money so people could try to get home. 
the city of good neighbors indeed. And Peter, one more note that should bring some relief to people. We've been watching the potential for flooding because temperatures are going to rise and clearly there's still a lot of snow around here. The National Weather Service says if we see flooding here, it should be minimal. That is good news for this community. Yeah, Peter. a city that could use some good news these days. Jesse Kirst there in Buffalo for us. Jesse, thanks so much. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, as Buffalo's recovery progress and the rest of the nation's roads and airways remain busy with holiday travel, Dylan is here with a look at a major warm-up on the way and the New Year's forecast. Uh, that weatherboard's looking pretty good with those 50s. Dylan. Yeah, the 50s, mid-50s look real nice, especially in the Buffalo area to help the melting along a little bit. So take a look at what we're expecting today. Chicago should be up to 50 Five degrees today. That's going to feel just downright mild when you step outside. Lexington, 59 degrees. Buffalo gets up to 46, and we stay well above freezing over the next several days. Uh, tomorrow, 55 in Buffalo. That'll certainly help with the melting, and again, without the threat of the melting causing major flooding. This is really just a good thing. St. Louis, about 48 degrees tomorrow. So here's the setup as we go into the weekend itself. On Saturday, we are going to see some heavier rain, especially down across the southeast. It's dry through the middle of the country, and then we have another big storm that's making its way into the West Coast. That'll bring rain along the coast and mountain snow. Midnight looks pretty wet, especially in New York City where the ball's dropping. It looks like we will see mild temperatures, but still looking at a lot of rain. And then that should clear out and start to exit New England by New Year's Day. Looks real nice across the eastern third of the country, even two-thirds of the country, but still looking at more uh, snowy weather out in the mountains out west. Kristen. All right, Dylan, thanks so much. We turned out of Rome and prayer is pouring in from around the world this morning for the retired pontiff, Pope Benedict, the nine 95-year-old being closely monitored by doctors after Pope Francis revealed that his predecessor's health has taken a turn for the worse. NBC's Molly Hunter is at the Vatican with the latest on Benedict's condition. Molly, good morning. Peter, good morning to you. And just behind me, you can see the massive crowds packing St. Peter's Square. Now, we have known for years that former Pope Benedict's health was deteriorating. He has struggled with his speech. He has appeared very frail at times. But this was a very public, very serious acknowledgement from Pope Francis that the former pope is very sick. Former Pope Benedict's health taking a sudden turn for the worse. At 95, the Vatican says it's due to his age, but his health has been deteriorating in recent years. In a rare move, Pope Francis addressing the faithful yesterday, saying he is very sick, asking them to pray for Pope Benedict, prompting an outpouring of support. He's seen as a guardian of the faith, very traditional, very conservative, but many see him in a rather uh, grandfatherly-like way. This is one of the most learned men in the world, deeply familiar with uh, all world religions, as well as his own Catholic faith. Pope Francis visited Benedict yesterday, and before that, last saw the very frail-looking Benedict in August with the new group of cardinals. When Benedict became pope in 2005, he succeeded the charismatic and immensely popular Pope John Paul II, a difficult act to follow. At 78, he became one of the oldest cardinals ever elected as pope, and he took on modern issues, opposing homosexuality and women priests, and also leading the church into social media, joining Facebook and setting up a YouTube channel. I think ordinary Catholics sensed in him a man not only of great learning, but of real holiness, and were inspired by that. A quiet, intellectual man, he was also known for his love of playing the piano and fondness for red shoes. Under Benedict, the Catholic Church grew in Africa and Asia, but with scandals in both Europe and the U.S., Benedict's last weeks were tarnished by investigations into the Church's own bureaucracy. 
Making history, he was the first pope to resign in over 600 years, an unprecedented move citing a lack of strength of mind and body. The unusual situation, two living popes, even inspiring a movie. He left the Vatican in 2013 with all the pomp and splendor the Vatican could muster. And just really wanted to show the church and the world how much God loves each person individually. Benedict has been living out his retirement in a convent within the walls of Vatican City, remaining largely out of sight. Now, the Vatican has said that old age has contributed and aggravated to the deterioration of his condition. But when a pope dies, usually, of course, that triggers a conclave. When a former pope dies, though, there is no playbook, though it is thought that when former Pope Benedict does pass, Francis will preside over his funeral. Peter? Yeah, given it's been 600 years since the retirement of the Pope before, Molly Hunter in Rome. Molly, thank you. Meanwhile, as we mentioned earlier, there is some good news for anyone making a stop at the gas station this morning. Experts say in the coming year, filling up won't cost quite as much. NBC's senior national correspondent Carrie Sanders is at a gas station in South Florida where things are starting to look a little bit better. Carrie, good morning to you. Well, good morning. You know, Gas Buddy tells us there is some good news, but also a little bit of bad news. So let's deal with the good news first. Collectively, with the prices of fuel down, it's predicted that next year we as a nation will spend $50 billion less on fuel than we did in 2022. The bad news, sometime around mid next year, it's predicted that the price of a gallon of gas will head back up to around $4. Some positive news at the pump this morning. Estimates for 2023 predict gas prices will be cheaper overall next year. I think I'd be happy. If the price is down. Right. And those savings are expected to be significant. On average, gas should cost nearly 50 cents less per gallon in 2023. The price of gas, at least to May of next year, is expected to be down, not up. You say... It's a welcome. It's a welcome thing. Welcomed for drivers here and across the country after consistently high fuel prices dominated in 2022, a spike that set off recession alarm bells, worsened inflation and crushed consumer confidence. It's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Between now and May of 2023, prices are expected to remain low. But GasBuddy expects to see slight increases again during the warmer months due to summer travel. With prices potentially reaching the $4 per gallon mark again in May, June, July, and August. Gas prices are very seasonal. As the weather starts to warm up starting in March, that's when we start to see Americans getting outside more. Demand for gasoline starts to accelerate. Despite those summertime increases, Americans should see more money left over in their wallets after filling up their tanks. The average household is going to be spending about $277 less on gasoline in 2023 than 2022. The constant strain on Americans' budgets, hopefully easing in the new year. How much do gas prices dominate our life? Well, Google tells us among the top searches on their website in the last year is gas prices near me. 
Kristen Peter, I think we all know that routine, don't we? Yeah, sure does make sense. All right, Carrie Sanders, thanks so much for that. Let's get another check of the forecast with Dylan looking at the full forecast. Yes, we are going to see uh, pretty decent conditions across the Northeast, although it is still a little cool, but warming up. And we are going to see temperatures more seasonable up and down the East Coast, but above average back through the Midwest and into the Great Lakes. We should get into the 50s and 60s, which will feel real nice. We're watching a series of storms make their way on shore out West where more uh, coastal rain and mountain snow is likely. And down along the uh, Gulf Coast, we could even see some stronger storms develop later today. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Thank you. Coming up, virtual reality was all the rage this past year. Or was it? That's the question. Our Steve Patterson has the very latest on disappointing sales in the metaverse. Yeah, growing pains abound. Good morning, Christine. There is no doubt that VR sales are slumping, but some experts say that may actually be the calm before the storm. Coming up, we'll take you inside the metaverse. That's next. Plus to infinity and beyond, a look back at some of NASA's major milestones over this last year and how 2023 is expected to bring more exhilarating missions. We're going to catch you up on the future of space adventure and tourism. But first, this is Today on NBC. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where one travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back now at 7.30, Thursday, December 29th, 2022. Jacob is joining us as we get ready for two more days of this year ahead of New Year's Eve before the ball drops in Times Square. So here's a cathartic tradition. The New Yorkers, they gather for what we like to call Good Riddance Day, <laughs> saying goodbye to a rough year that's passed. That includes writing down the regrets, starting 2023 with a blank slate, an obstacle course. Importantly, it's complete with a punching bag. Yes. And when hitting something isn't going to cut it for you, they also have free counseling there if you need somebody to talk to. Not <laughs> a bad way speed. to get a fresh I start. What do you hope to put bag. in the past? 
Oh, everything. Every, are you kidding me? It's, well, bad. I love you, my family, but I mean, it's, it, every year it's like, let's move forward to the next one. Mine is overscheduling myself. I want to just dial it back a little bit. What about you? Yeah, the dust on my Peloton. I'm hoping to say good news today. There you go. I'll join you in that. I'll have to get that? a Peloton to gather dust on it. <laughs> we want to get to the 730 headlines right now. And first, the Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin, he now says he's been diagnosed with a serious but curable form of cancer. Raskin will begin chemoimmunotherapy this week for a type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The 60-year-old Democrat is a member of the House's January 6th committee. He was also the lead manager for former President Trump's second impeachment trial. Raskin says he plans to keep working during his outpatient treatments. And of course, we wish him well. We certainly do. Meanwhile, at least 10 people are dead after a massive fire overnight at a hotel casino in Cambodia. Dozens of others were injured or reported missing. Officials say hundreds of people were inside the hotel, which is on the border with Thailand and popular with tourists. The fire broke out around midnight on the lower floor, then quickly spread throughout the building. The investigation into the cause is just getting underway. Better days ahead for more than 150 sea turtles rescued during that Christmas freeze down in South Texas. The turtles have been released into the Gulf of Mexico. Now that the water's warmed up a little bit, they were pulled out of the shallow areas last weekend when they were stunned by the cold and became weak and unable to swim. Volunteers said the rejuvenated turtles they actually got excited and they started to wave their flippers as soon as they heard the sound. Look at them. Uh, the waves again. That's so cool. You can see how excited they're getting. They're so sweet. I'm an excited turtle occasionally. <laughs> I get excited. I wave my flippers. Like that too. Yeah. Other news this morning, and we have been hearing so often about what they call this metaverse, right? The three-dimensional and immersive ecosystem that's supposed to be the next big thing in the evolution of the internet. But is it? NBC Steve Patterson is bringing us a cold, hard dose of reality. Steve, good morning. Hey, Peter, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. While it is still in its early stages, the metaverse could potentially upend and reinvent everything we know from online gaming to how we practice medicine. But as for now, its development is definitely going through some growing pains. The animated future of the metaverse is taking a while to render. In 2021, virtual reality was the hot new space in tech, and VR headsets were nearly impossible to find. This year, a slowdown. Fewer people trying to find their way into the metaverse, a virtual reality space where users can interact with a computer-generated environment and other users. And a developmental priority for big-name tech giants like Google and Apple, with Meta and CEO Mark Zuckerberg in particular going all in. Since the company changed its name from Facebook to Meta in late 2021, it has since spent more than $27 billion on metaverse development. But Meta's commitment aside, skeptics remain as evidenced by Meta's slumping share price. To experience the metaverse, you need one of those VR headsets, which can cost anywhere from 200 to well over $1,000. And after a record-breaking 2021, where VR headset revenue in the U.S. more than doubled, as of this year, sales of the headsets in the U.S. declined 2%. Analysts say that although headset sales are down, it's most likely a temporary lag, particularly since Apple is expected to release its first attempt at an AR-VR headset in 2023. I'm not sure it's accurate to say that there is you know, waning interest in the metaverse. Consumers may be waiting for the, the next iteration to come out, and that's what we're seeing in our sales data. The metaverse is the digital equivalent of physical existence without physical limitations. Jeremy and Sheikha Duncan have a metaverse podcast. They say that although the metaverse ecosystem is still in its infancy, it's here to stay. 
I absolutely love um, everything that we have experienced with the metaverse as far as the community aspect of it. I really believe the metaverse term is going to fade to the back. And it's really just the next computing platform. Steve, unless you're really plugged into the tech world, I think there were a lot of people, myself included, that still struggle to kind of understand what we're even talking about when we talk about the metaverse and its appeal. So what are they doing to try to sort of expand its reach? Yeah, Peter. So one major thing that tech experts point to when they explain the slowdown in sales is that the virtual reality world has yet to have its big breakout hit. Like, where's the the killer app, the Super Mario Brothers? Where is that viral game or movie that makes a headset a must-buy item? And time will only tell if eventually we see a VR experience that gets everybody clamoring for one. It's, you know, up in the air. Back to you. Steve Patterson, appreciate it very much. I still think I have some work to do to get that. I, I do, too. I can put those goggles on for about five minutes, and then I, I get a little overwhelmed. Were, I think he's right, though. Were you gamers? I mean, did you have the original Super Nintendo? I had, like, NES Frogger. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If, they, if Steve is right, if they have a Super Mario Brothers, I'm in. I'm going right. right now. Let's go. Bring there it. There you go. King All Kong right. or die, right? Coming up, <laughs> a concerning link discovered between long COVID and a debilitating heart condition. We're going to tell you more about it and the signs to keep your eyes out for. And up next, 2022 was a groundbreaking year for NASA. And wait till you hear what's ahead this coming year, especially when it comes to the big business of space tourism. That's right after this. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings. And voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. We're back now at 740 and calling all space enthusiasts as we take stock of a fascinating year. We had the Artemis moon mission, mm-hmm. of course, the Webb telescope and those amazing pictures deep in space. And NASA's mission to push an asteroid off its course, just to name a few. Yeah, and 2023 is shaping up to be a big year for commercial space operators like SpaceX, while space tourists will be going even deeper into the unknown than ever before. Here's NBC's Tom Costello. Hey guys, good morning. So in the next few weeks, we expect to learn the names of the astronauts who will be part of NASA's next missions to the moon, orbiting the moon, then landing on the moon. In the meantime, in 2023, the private sector is going to continue to move on. Big year for space tourism. We're looking back from 2022, incredible pictures back in time as NASA now builds on going forward to the moon and beyond. Putting a coda on a year of space triumphs, those stunning images from the James Webb Telescope, forcing a rethink of the vastness of our universe and whether we're alone. In the next 10, 20, 30 years, 
We're going to have data that's really relevant to this question. We could have an answer about whether or not there's life in the universe. Splashdown. 2022 brought splashdown for Orion after a 25-day Artemis mission to orbit the moon. A shakedown flight before a human crew orbits the moon, then lands on the moon in 2025 or 26. I can bounce gently in this spacesuit and, uh, and not... Uh, very unlike what I can do on Earth. At a NASA training pool with sand and rocks on the bottom, astronauts are already practicing future moonwalks. This is very similar to what the Apollo astronauts did in preparation for their missions to the moon. They've got to try to replicate what it's like on the south pole of the moon, where the sun is very low right in your eyesight, but everywhere else, it's pitch black. NASA wants to land on the South Pole, where there are signs of ice, potential drinking water, and most importantly, rocket fuel. Meanwhile, after years of setbacks, Boeing is hoping to finally launch its Starliner spaceship, which will carry astronauts to the space station in April, as Elon Musk's SpaceX launches even more rockets to the station. And another all-civilian mission, this one orbiting the moon and Earth. Welcome, everybody, to Crew Dragon Resilience. Jared Isaacman, the billionaire who paid for last year's St. Jude fundraising trip, is paying for three more space trips, a new SpaceX program dubbed Polaris. We're going to go farther into space than, than humans have gone since we've last walked on the moon. We're going to test out a new spacesuit, which includes uh, an EVA or spacewalk. The first private astronaut spacewalk, 310 miles above Earth. Yet another billionaire, Japan's Yusaku Masawa, plans to take eight more civilians on a SpaceX trip around the moon. Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson plan to launch more space tourists to low Earth orbit in 23, but it's Artemis and SpaceX that are forging a new path, poised to take humans to a higher orbit and eventually one day to Mars. It's about building a permanent base. It's about building a, um, a, a space station that will orbit the moon. It's about getting us started in terms of having fuel depots, supply depots. It's really about building the infrastructure that we'll build off of for the next 50 years, the next 100 years. So the timeline here, NASA is hoping to orbit the moon with astronauts in 2024, landing on the moon in 25 or 26, then a moon base, they hope to go to Mars in the late 2030s, but it could take up to nine months to get there, then three months on Mars, then nine months back. So you're talking about about two years, more or less. And you got to hope that the crew gets along well if they're going to be crammed together for that long. Guys, back to you. Wow, well, that sure. is really something to think about a moon base. Our thanks to Tom for that. Would you guys go to the into outer space in on one of these two seconds? Trips? You well, would? Would if you? a billionaire was paying, I could do it. I would stay right here at home. <laughs> so that is your 2023 extraterrestrial forecast. Dylan Dreyer has the terrestrial forecast. Yeah, I like to keep it a little more on land Closer to here. home. Yeah, yeah this, this I understand a little bit better. Uh, and we do have quite the system, systems, plural, approaching the West Coast. We have one right now that is continuing to bring some heavier rain. So we have flood watches in effect. Also the mountain snow. We are going to see heavier rain continue in areas like San Francisco, up across Northern California, even in the southwestern Oregon near Med 
Medford. And then you go above 9,000 feet, and we are looking at mainly snow with this storm system. So uh, additional rainfall, I'd say about three to five inches with some isolated higher amounts. Again, we have the, the burn scar areas that could lead to some mudslides along the foothills of the Sierra Nevada uh, mountain range. But you go up into the mountains, and we could see one to three feet widespread with some areas picking up closer to five feet. So this is certainly a ski resort storm uh, set of storms that will continue to make its way into the West Coast. So something we will, of course, be keeping a very close eye on. Elsewhere across the country, a little bit of light snow through the Plain States, some afternoon storms down along uh, Louisiana into Mississippi, too. And then the East Coast is nice and sunny and a little warmer than yesterday. And that is your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you very much. And up next right here, we're going to catch up with Bob Saget's widow, Kelly Rizzo. Yeah, you know, guys, I just talked to her the other day about how she's doing and how she says she is finding joy nearly a year after her beloved husband's death. We'll have more on that. It's coming up right after this. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel.